0: Down to business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. On News Talk. nice to be in Singapore. It's even nicer to meet an Irish man. A man called Mark Cudmore has just walked in here. He's a... Uh, An interesting character, he's basically the global head of macro analysis for Bloomberg. He's a Bloomberg co-anchor, European markets open, Bloomberg television, and he's all the way from Ireland to here. It started with maths and economics at Trinity, and before that St Andrews College, but now he's here in Singapore. Mark, firstly can I ask you, in as brief a period as you can, how did you get from there to here? I thought we've just learned that I can't tell this in a a brief period. Um, But look,
1: I've been very, I think a lot of luck, a lot of probably, uh, I think, uh, seizing opportunities, but it's more being willing to abandon bad opportunities. But I've basically gone through a path that's been in trading in a number of banks, four global banks, at a hedge fund, uh, and a brief stint as a failed football coach for kids. And then I went into Bloomberg
0: News, uh, where I found somewhere where I'm probably a bit more settled longer term. That is interesting, and just a couple of things there, I know that was a, a, a whistle stop, uh, what have been an amazing career. Um, you you learnt your trade as a trader, then you got into, you know, you were in layman's when it went bust. You had all these stories about, you know, even when you were in college, you were in Goldman Sachs. So you were somebody who clearly grabbed opportunities. But you learned skills along the way. And it is interesting that you talk about, you know, your uh, your, your your time as a trader. Uh, then you taught English at a stage. We taught you other skills. You mentioned the football coach again. Then you... I think worked as a writer, but it's a, it's a it's a sort of combination of all these experiences and opportunities that you took that brought you to Bloomberg. Uh, that's absolutely the case. Yeah. I think um, I was a combination of not very good
1: at many different careers, but I think I wasn't disastrous in any of them. So I think that I was competent enough to find new opportunities and kept on trying to the thing that I might be better at. I think, as I, I kind of mentioned, I realised that most people aren't very good at many things and therefore you know as as long as you're not embarrassingly bad and you don't think you're any good no one really minds and you get other opportunities.
0: Now you have lots of confidence which is obviously something that comes naturally to you but you also mentioned something which I think a lot of people uh, maybe aren't as fortunate you had some very good bosses and people who looked out for you in the various different careers.
1: Yeah I I think it's been vital I mean if anyone is at the early stage of their career listening to this, then, uh, yeah, I think choosing a good boss is probably one of the most vital decisions over the company or the role, because a good boss will help you find the right opportunities and create new opportunities for you to kind of move into where you want to go. And I think you can't always pick your boss and you don't always know in advance whether your boss will be good. But... I think one of my skills, I'm very good at quitting jobs. I quit several jobs. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is that uh, I think I, I know a lot of people who spend a lot of time in jobs which they seem to hate and moan about and yet they do nothing about it. You kind of go like, Two years later and they're still there and you're like, but you still hate it or has it got better? No, I still hate it. And I don't understand it. So I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't quit urgently. I'd give a place time. But if, yeah. you know, if after six months you're still not convinced and you don't have a, the right boss, then I'd get out. And if, if I had a good boss, I'd give it more time. If I was a good boss and a bad company, I'd be like, what are we going to do about this and work for my boss to find a better option?
0: I think you're so right, and and that thing about not being flippant about it, you know, engineering your way out maybe, but knowing that we, I'm not going to stay here because there's better opportunities for me somewhere else. Absolutely, and I think that you know, it's it's maybe a culture. In, in, in Ireland that we, we're, we're very
1: good at kind of putting up with stuff and we kind of get on with it even though we're not happy and we, do, we don't almost feel we're entitled to like, be happy in our job. But you, should be, you should be able to find a job you're happy at. It might take some time, but you should be able to find it.
0: Um, your work at Bloomberg, again, as an anchor, a co-anchor, you know, you're, an, you're providing analysis. A lot of people are asking your opinions about you know, the stock market, you know, is the world going to go bust? When are we having the next recession? In in terms of nailing your colours to the mast, has it become more difficult to predict things? Actually, I
1: would say that the the last couple of years have been a golden period again for macro investors, again, proper macro people. I think I learned in a period where it was a bull market, but it was still a macro market in, in, the, in the 2000s. And then we had this period of, of weird monetary policy that kind of broke financial markets because financial markets were being controlled by policy. And therefore, it was just a constant world of buy the dip. And the way you made money from 2009 through to, to, to 2021 was basically just keep on leveraging up and buy more. Ultimately, it was going to work out. The only thing you ought to make sure is you don't buy enough that you go bankrupt in the short downturns. But you knew that everything was just being pumped higher in value. And I think we've gone back to a world where that's not the case. We're, we're starting to pay the bill. We're paying the bill through higher interest rates. It's raises the cost of money, which means... It's become much better for people who can actually do macro analysis, do fundamental analysis, differentiate investments. And I think that this new world of you don't just buy the dip blindly, that you actually have to know what you're investing and think longer term is the new paradigm we're in. And as a result, I'm super enthused and excited by markets again, because I think this is a much more fun world, uh, even if it was easier to make money before.
0: And again, I think you make the point as well about global markets. So something, you know, one market might be stagnant, but there's loads of opportunity in another market. In other words, not to focus on one market, to think globally. I think that's an extremely valuable point because we've been through an era where U.S. stocks
1: have outperformed the rest of the world, and they're the big, most most high-profile companies. My friends in Ireland who punt on their retail stocks, They're buying things like Tesla and, and, you know, Amazon and Google or Alphabet, I should call it. And, you know, I think there's been this mindset that these are just where you buy as default. You've got some savings, you put it into these, these U.S. companies. Now, the U.S. big tech stocks are some solid companies, but I think this idea of defaulting to the U.S. is a bad idea. We've been through an era for a good reason, which U.S. outperformed the rest of the world. I think we're at the start, last year was the first year, I'm going to, better check the start, I'm not sure if i 100% right, but I think it was the first year in about 12 that the rest of the world outperformed the US stock market, and I think we're at the early period of like a decade of outperformance of the rest of the world. So I would say to you that I'm actually relatively constructive on Many global markets, but I think the u s markets are expensive, so I think u s stock market's going to stay tough to make money for the next five ten years doesn 't mean you can 't make money if you know how to pick individual stocks, but I think many other stock markets around the world are extremely discounted and if you want to make disproportionate gains in the next five years you 've got to look to
0: emerging markets you 've got to look to elsewhere in the world part of your work also involves you know interviewing CEOs who are reporting numbers who are reporting um, And, you know, they're all different and they all communicate in different ways. How do you, in your role, you know, as a co-anchor at Bloomberg, how do you get the best out of these people in terms of making sure that they're honest, making sure that they're not hiding behind stuff, but really, really getting the information that some of them will be pretty guarded about giving you? So I'm... Two
1: years into an anchor role, I'm much less experienced than you in this, and I only feel like I'm getting to a competent level now. I feel like no one told me this, but I wasn't very good at for a lot of my time as an anchor. They let me stay on because of the other things I brought to the role in terms of markets analysis. I think that I'm getting to a competent level. I don't know whether I'm really good yet, um, but I think there's some basic things, and I, I think it's just doing the basic things well. I, I would say the most important things are obviously doing the prep, and everyone knows that, and kind of really knowing the subject matter. But the, the second thing, which is, which is less obvious and hard to do when you're in live TV and you've got a producer talking down your ear and things can go wrong and news breaks and you've got to watch the clock and you've got ads coming in is that just listening, listening properly to the answer. So, you know, ultimately the best interview is where you talking with your mate in the pub about a topic where you've done your homework and you know it, you're kind of arguing. So if you've done your homework, you know that their answer isn't quite right or something's wrong and you could target it. Do I do that well? No, but my co-host is brilliant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And again, it's using the best best abilities of the people in the room. You're good at some stuff, he or she is good at others, and two and two makes five. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mark Cudmore, what a pleasure to meet you. Uh, Great job, really interesting character. Keep doing what you're doing. Great to see you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.